0: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a terrific weekend. Uh, Great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Ian Haworth. Always a great time talking to Ian. We had a ton to discuss, as always. Uh, We talked about the latest in the Israel Gaza war. Um, We talked about the reaction from the press, from the right, the left, from libertarians. We talked about the, the demonstrations we're seeing in the streets. Um, we also uh, briefly mentioned the uh, Speaker of the House fight on the Republican side as well. A lot to discuss, as always. Before we get to Ian, uh, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. would really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the podcast. Right without further ado, the great Ian Haworth. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with my brother Ian Howarth. Ian, how you been, man?
1: Oh, I'm not doing well. I'm honestly just uh, oscillating between devastated by what we're seeing coming in from Israel and just like pissed. Like the explosion of antisemitism, especially in the West, is just something that uh, explains how the Holocaust happened. Is all I can say.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's been pretty eye-opening. You know, I, I think as Americans, it's you know maybe growing up in England, it was a little different for you, but it's like. Uh, it's it, almost hard to understand how something like that can happen, you know. Like, uh, and it's 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 easier to understand now. I mean, if you see like polling numbers coming out of, you know, especially like college campuses, young people, stuff like that. Like the majority supports Hamas <laughs> over over Israel, and it's like, okay, I I kind of get how that can happen to a population of people, you know, in a in a pretty short period of time.
1: I mean, just propaganda is just so effective. I think right now we're seeing the outcome of at least a generation of radical Islamic propaganda infusing itself into academia, but also just areas of the left. I mean, you're seeing the most bizarre people teaming up right now thinking they're going to take on the world and only one side is going to win. You're seeing, you know, queers for Palestine. You're seeing um, LGBTQ flags at pro-Hamas rallies. Like they'll they'll use you to get what you want. They'll use you, you as useful fodder, but you think there's going to be an LGBTQ flag flying in Palestine? That made-up term, if they ever take it back from Israel? No. It's just the, ridiculous.
0: The public discourse these last couple weeks regarding the Gaza War has been about as bad as possible. I can't really think of a way it could have gone worse. Um, even Even the people who I respect a lot uh, and And usually get things right are missing the mark in a massive way here um it 's just straw man after straw man from mm-hmm. the left um and a lot of people on the right, a lot of libertarians as well um and then you know on the flip side, many on the right went like full neocon two thousand and three again and started suggesting Israel should turn the Gaza Strip into a parking lot <laughs> it's like i understand I understand that war breaks people 's minds um, but the lack of serious conversation is. About as bad as it could have gone, and much worse than I than I expected.
1: It's uh, it's pretty bad in every single direction, isn't it? I mean, on on the one side you've got people who have an expectation that is reserved only for Jews, in that you should just accept being targeted endlessly as just part of your your daily life. Like the idea that there was no call for ceasefire, there was no tears from Rashida Tlaib and others when Hamas invaded Israel and intentionally. Raped, mutilated, burned alive, tortured. I mean, they were pulling children's eyes out, cutting children's fingers off in front of the parents, just things straight from hell. You know, you cannot imagine this kind of evil. And people like Rashida to leave Elon Omar, no comment. But the second Israel does something in return with so much more restraint than any country in the West would ever show, people are suddenly demanding that, oh, they must show restraint. There must be a proportionate response. But they have no answer to what is the proportionate response because there is no response. For these antisemites that would be acceptable they just think jews by nature of being allowed to exist alongside the rest of the west should just accept a level of violence that for most of history they have accepted and uh, the only thing people hate more than jews is jews who dare to defend themselves and that's what they have in israel right now that's why they hate them so much
0: right and we'll get to the left in a minute i i kind of want to start with my own house though you know the mm-hmm. the right wing the right wingers the libertarians because they're pissed me. I mean, I I I get much more offended by people who are on my side saying and doing evil things than I do. I mean, I expect. Rashida Talib is who Rashida Talib is. You know, I'm not.
1: I, <laughs> she's I, consistent.
0: Yeah, she's extraordinarily consistent. You 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 could have written her press release in advance for her and probably nailed word for word exactly what she was going to say. That doesn't surprise me, but. I just don't see anybody on my side making—well, or at least not. not well, I don't want to pay with too broad a brush. There's very few people making good-faith arguments at all. I mean, like, make the case against foreign aid, right? I do all the time. I'm mm-hmm. against foreign aid. I'm against taxation generally. So it's like, I, by default, I'm against all foreign aid. Even if you're not, well, we're $33 trillion in debt. You know, the interest payments on the national debt are equal to the entire defense budget annually. You know, it's insane— you can make that case. Stop all foreign aid. We don't want to be involved. But that's not the case being made. <clears throat> the case being made is that Israel is, quote, just as bad as Hamas, or mm-hmm. worse than than Hamas, and we should be completely neutral. And it's like, no, no. Objectively speaking, that's that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous on its face. And to get there, people who never believe the press have resided to believing anything and everything corporate media reports. So it's like... Israel bombed a hospital and killed 500 people. Never happened. You know, It was a failed rocket from Islamic Jihad in, in, in the Gaza Strip that hit a parking lot, probably killed a couple dozen people. Israel bombed the third oldest church on earth. Nope, that church is still there, it's still there, doing just fine. And there's a million—just today, this morning, we found out that a photo that had been circulated for a week— of an alleged Israeli bomb that killed children in Gaza was actually a photo from the Sudanese Civil War, which, side note, has been going on for six months and no one cares because there aren't any quote-unquote white people involved. Um, The the critical thinkers have given up all critical thinking and have decided to accept Hamas propaganda at face value, despite the fact that every single time, typically within 24 hours, these pieces of propaganda are debunked.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty disheartening. I think uh, ultimately for me, it comes down to the fact that there are there's a, a large proportion of the conservative right or the so-called conservative right that are either complete idiots or they are just deep anti-Semites or both. So I'm seeing some people who I know aren't anti-Semitic, like a lot of libertarians coming out right now. They're kind of banging the drum of, of making the argument that we shouldn't care because we shouldn't be funding them. Like two things to be true at once. I've been talking about this endlessly, that Israel doesn't need American funding. Israel doesn't need weapons and arms and all that kind of thing. What Israel needs from the West is to reject the anti-Semitism that led to this, to not have people in the streets defending ideas that are completely antithetical to Western values. That would be far more useful than a couple of billion dollars in arms aid. What could also be done is not funding the people who are doing this, not sending $100 million in aid to the Palestinians. that's going to go straight into the pockets of Hamas. And so there's a lot of naivety going on, a lot of like squishy libertarianism of just if you pretend this isn't happening, it'll go away. Like, I'm sorry to tell you, the wolf is already inside the gates. And so that is not good enough anymore. But then you also do have just rabid antisemites on the right that even the biggest voices against antisemitism on the right quite often do not want to acknowledge because really the biggest <laughs> problem of antisemitism is it happens on both sides and people are always willing to criticize it on the other side because everyone's on board with you. It's the same problem as like when Kanye West came out, a lot of people either defended him or defended the people defending him or ignored it. When Joe Rogan was anti-Semitic, people just ignored it because they make money from Kanye West. They make money from Joe Rogan. And so anti-Semitism is a problem on the American right. And unless we address it with the same aggression that we address the easy anti-Semitism on the left, it's only going to continue to grow. It'll just find a new place to fester.
0: It's much more of a problem on the right in America than I thought three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is objectively true. I I mean, it's not that I didn't think there were right-wing anti-Semites, but I, I thought that 90% of it here domestically was on the left. And I think the majority of it is on the left, certainly, especially in among black Americans. It's a, a major problem if you grew up around you know, black people as I did, you, you understand that you understand that a lot of blacks do speak in a very antisemitic, uh, nature. Even it's just kind of ingrained in the way they talk. I don't think I'll, most black Americans actually hate Jews, but it, there's a lot of antisemitism there. But yeah, I mean, on, on the antisemitism front in the past, people have unfairly been labeled anti-Semitic for criticizing Israel's government. Um, And that is not fair. I mean, I'll criticize whatever government I want. I don't hate Americans because I hate the U.S. federal government. Quite the opposite. But when you're uncritically sharing Hamas propaganda, and then when you're sharing Nick Fuentes videos and saying he's making good points, I don't know, man, something tells me it's not about some government in the Middle (laughs) Middle East that's really upsetting you. I can't really think of another reason to praise literal, unrepentant neo-Nazis. Other than the fact that you just don't like the Jews very much.
1: There's also a really quite disgusting layer of anti-Muslim sentiment in the way that it's like a big tree of low expectations that they're like, oh, those Muslims, they just can't help blowing themselves up. But those Jews, they better not descend, they better not defend themselves, they better be proportionate. And so I think it's the the double standard element of anti-Semitism that's really rearing its ugly head right now. It's because there is no call for Hamas to stop doing what they're doing. You have people calling for ceasefire. Uh, who didn't even mention the hostages and so you either have to hold both sides to the same level of expectation in which case israel is doing something that no other country in the west would ever do can you imagine anyone being attacked in the west and then giving warning text messages to the people you're about to attack Like no, it just doesn't happen and so then if you're going to criticize them for doing anything militarily but not hamas for intentionally targeting and successfully targeting civilians that you don't really care about peace, you don't really care about any of this. It's just the fact that you hold Jews to a different standard, and that is anti-Semitism. There's no other way of saying it.
0: And you're not being kind or sympathetic to the Palestinians by supporting Hamas. I mean, like, if you if you care about the the lives of Palestinian children, you should want Hamas eliminated. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just don't understand. It's just—you you have to— just completely throw critical thinking aside to get to the place where these people are. And another aggravating thing I see on a daily basis on the right, and, and libertarians absolutely shoot themselves in the dick over and over by doing this, the anti-war crowd is claiming that everyone is a neocon who wants World War Three. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And it's like, I, I, have to, I have to assume, Ian, that I'm the most anti-war person that you do podcasts with on a regular basis.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm very radical in, in terms of my libertarianism here, to the point where I, I don't even call myself a libertarian because it's not radical enough for me, okay? I, my record on war is pretty unimpeachable at this point. I've been doing this podcast for almost seven years, for goodness sakes, and if anything, I've become more anti-war as the years go on. But I've been keeping track on the right. The left, they are who they are. I can count three people, three politicians, who basically want World War Three. Lindsey Graham, an actual psychopath, <laughs> immediately, you know, on this, the maybe the morning of the eighth, after this attack, called for war with Iran. I mean, he just he actually sets his watch to calling for war with Iran. It's like every <laughs> couple weeks he goes on TV says he wants to bomb Iran. Tom Cotton, another legitimate neoconservative, didn't quite go that far but close. And then Nikki Haley last week, who apparently thinks it's 2003, said in a stump speech in Iowa, quote. I'm tired of the Department of Defense. I want a Department of Offense, (laughs) which is insane. Nikki is a psychopath. She's also polling at 5% and wields absolutely no power whatsoever and probably will never wield power ever again. I mean, she could Mm -hmm. run for governor of South Carolina again, maybe win something like that, but that's it. Like, she's not—she's no threat, right? And when I see the anti-war crowd talking like this, like, oh, we just want to stop World War III, I'm like, oh, shit, what did Biden say? Oh, no, what did Trump say? What did McConnell say? It's like wait, Biden, Trump, McConnell, Schumer, DeSantis, Harris, all all, all the, the people who actually wield power in this country, no one is calling for the, for that. It just hasn't happened. Congress, the White House, like no, the Pentagon, no one is calling for like boots on the ground, bomb Tehran, like it's it's not, I mean there's the the foreign aid package, Biden's insane foreign aid package, which is like 90 billion for Ukraine, 10 billion for Israel. I, of course I'm against that. You know, we're just looting the treasury. You know, the money doesn't exist. You'd have to print it. But it's like, just me trying to stay positive, Ian. I'm pleasantly surprised that we didn't go, that the, our government didn't go full 2004 neocon, and, and, and there aren't these widespread calls for war with Iran. Fifteen years ago, I think there would have been, but it didn't happen. So these people, so you have this whole genre of of and commentator who is just ignoring reality and pretending like these politicians are saying things that they actually aren't saying. And like, believe me, I'm not trying to give, I'm I'm not I'm the kind of guy that gives a lot of credit to to people like Joe Biden and Donald Trump, but it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like that that simply did not happen. So why are people pretending that it did?
1: Well, because it's the easier straw man to attack, isn't it? It's far easier just to stand on your so-called principle of being anti-war by constructing this reality that everyone is pro-war and that being pro-Israel in any way makes you pro-World War III, because then you can just reject any actual nuance, any ideological debate, any idea of the fact that the West is under attack generally just to say, oh, well, you want World War III. I don't want World War III. Therefore, I'm a good person. It's, it's absurd. I mean, again, I'm, I've been very outspoken on this from the very start. I've also been consistently saying we do not need to send money to Israel. We don't. Israel doesn't want American boots on the ground. Israel has one of the best militaries, if not arguably the best military uh, compared to its size in the world. They don't need American boots on the ground. Like people are acting as if this is an unprecedented attack. It's an unprecedented terrorist attack. But in its recent history, Israel as a nation is not particularly old. It's been invaded from all sides on multiple times by multiple Arab nations. So the idea that they are unable to defend themselves without American boots on the ground is just absurd. And Joe Biden, we know, isn't going to do that. We have, I think, more than 20 American hostages now being held in Gaza that no one seems to care about. He, if he didn't react immediately, he's not going to react. And so it, it's for me, it's just the straw man they're using to avoid having to maybe look at the mistakes the West has made in terms of multiculturalism, in terms of radical Islam, uh, in terms of anti-Semitism, it's way easier just to label anyone kind of like the accusation of being anti-Semitic when you're criticizing Israel, anyone who comes out with any kind of anti-Hamas statement, it's like, Oh, you're just pro-war. So, like, no, but the war is here. Like, Hamas already declared war. Again, the anti-Semitism there of going in and killing 1400 civilians just because they're Jewish in the most brutal ways possible. But then Israel responding are the ones are declaring war. It's like, no, war is already here. It's just all a propaganda campaign, honestly, to twist the narrative into people really not having to look in the mirror.
0: I mean, you're you're 100 percent right that Israel doesn't want – I mean, do you really think Israel wants the Gerald Ford running bombing missions over their airspace? Are you kidding <laughs> no. me? Are you kidding me? I mean, they – I'm not saying the IDF doesn't kill civilians. Of course they do. Our military kills way more. I mean, like, the, if, if the, the last thing Israel wants is our Air Force, or Navy, running bombing missions over the Gaza Strip, because our bombs would kill way more civilians than theirs. Our military is way less precise. Our military takes a lot less care to prevent civilian deaths. I'm not saying the IDF shouldn't take more care. They obviously should. I mean, killing civilians is a war crime. But our our government has killed 500,000 civilians in the last 30 years. If you include the Clinton era blockades of Iraq, then a couple you know a couple hundred thousand in Iraq World War II, tens of thousands in Afghanistan, Syria, Libya, Somalia, Yemen, Pakistan. The list goes on. We the, Israel wants no, nothing to do with that. They do not want that. They do not want Uncle Sam. Just Slapping his dick on the table and blowing up kids, like because that's what would happen if our military gets involved. Th- that's not nobody's calling for that. No one's asking for that. I mean, it's 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 completely obtuse. I I I I don't know. I I don't get it. And you know, going back to like the footage of what we've seen, I mean, it's the maybe the most frustrating part is that Hamas posted these videos. I mean, they live streamed mm-hmm. the attack because they wanted the world to see it. And a lot of Americans are just ignoring that. They're ignoring that. I know it's hard to watch these things, of course, but they're ignoring that and they're they're buying the Hamas propaganda at face value every day. I mean, every day it's like they they're ignoring what happened and believing whatever the next piece of propaganda is. And it's like I I, I don't know what to do about that. Like I don't know how to get people to think critically again. I'm I'm not sure what it will take. But a lot of people are just blowing up their credibility, man. A lot of people that are great on a lot of things, even on the issues of war, are destroying their own credibility, and it's it's disappointing. Because these are people that we might need, (laughs) you know what I Mm -hmm. mean? I wouldn't put it past Joe Biden or Donald Trump or the next Joe Biden or the next Donald Trump to try to start some unnecessary war. And it would be real great if the anti-war crowd didn't just torch them, light themselves on fire over this.
1: Well, ultimately, people are believing exactly what they want to believe. It's exactly the same people— who saw the images coming in of the Holocaust and said, ah, that's not real. That's all staged. Um, it's uh, People will believe what they want to believe. They will ignore the fact that the information against Hamas is being provided by Hamas. The information against Israel is being provided by Hamas. And so it's just uh, it's pretty unbelievable that people are that dumb. Uh, but going back to the children issue as well, this is something I- I'm seeing a huge problem with. We are all in agreement, Israel included, that killing children is bad you are not seeing waves of jews or israelis in the streets celebrating the death of palestinian children you are just not seeing it you are seeing muslims on the streets of western cities cheering on the rape brutalization burning alive of jews you are not seeing the reverse because israel actually does not want to kill children israel does kill children but then it's more complicated than israel is going out to kill children because then you have to ask why are hamas embedding in schools why are they embedding in, in mosques? Why are they using hospitals as their HQ? No one wants to ask those questions. It's almost like the, um, the end of The Notebook where he's just screaming in the woman's face, like, what do you want? That's right. how I feel with these people. Because they're saying, like, Israel, okay, you shouldn't invade. You have Vivek <coughs> Ramaswamy going out, se- doing one of his stupid lists of things and then making himself seem smart. Israel shouldn't invade. Israel shouldn't use airstrikes. So what do you want? What do you want Israel to do? Do you want them to sit there and just take this, like bend over a barrel and get destroyed by Hamas every couple of weeks? That's what they're asking. It's the most absurd request. And if you do, if you do care about kids like Israel cares about kids, then one, you should be directing all of your anger towards the very people who are using them as human shields because Israel has no choice but to defend their people in exactly the same way that the United States would do the same thing. If people in the border of Mexico, were launching rockets into Texas every single day, and they just came in, hundreds of them, and raped and pillaged and burned. You think anyone would care about the, the consequences? It's just absurd to me that people have this expectation of Jews that they show restraint to the point of not defending themselves and just accept danger as part of their lives. It's, it's disgusting. It's the most disgusting part of all of this
0: for hundreds of years this was the consensus in the west and i mean this might be hypocritical you know on my 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 anarchi- on the anarchy front but i am a man of the west as as tolkien would say <laughs> um i i don't feel i need to apologize for that and even if i were a disinterested observer of what's happening right now in israel I would still, which I'm not, of course, I would still want a Western nation to defeat literal barbarians. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wish Istanbul was still called Constantinople. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't apologize for that. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm anti-war, but when war happens, which it has always happened and will always happen, unfortunately, I'm still Team West. I still believe that Western civilization is better than the alternative. I don't, I mean... Because it is, object, object, objectively speaking, like this is Hamas we're talking about. This isn't. I mean, this isn't. I, I don't. I don't know. This isn't Israel going to war with Egypt. Okay, this isn't like two countries fighting over land or something. It's, it's not. It's not like that. I, I don't understand why. I mean, it, it, you would think that every American would understand the benefits of Western civilization, but for some reason even like modernity itself is lost on a lot of these people for some reason.
1: I think it's the ultimate impact of the lie that is multiculturalism. Like I made a video about this a week or two ago and I said, multiculturalism works when we're talking about food or clothes or accents and it doesn't work when we're talking about murder and rape and people view multiculturalism as just this blind indication that all cultures are equal. All religions are equal um, and not in terms of equal in terms of human worth, but, equal in terms of values. And they have come in and just assumed that you can just import people who want to take everything they can from the West, but hate the West and everything will be fine. And this is where you, this is the result you're seeing in London right now of people marching, chanting for the death of the Jews. And then the police are circling two guys with um, an England flag calling them racist. It's absurd when you open the door to people who want to destroy your culture and then you tell the people um, who hold the culture of the country that they are racists for defending their own culture, you are creating the situation in which one culture will destroy the other, especially when radical Islam is built on destroying and taking over other cultures. Like with that that, uh, map I shared the other day of people going on and on about Israel being the colonizer. Do you know how much of the world is a Muslim country or is controlled by Islam? Uh, It is by nature a religion of conquest. But yeah. all of these things you are not allowed to say because that's racist. But you're basically allowed to open the door to these people. It's absolutely crazy.
0: Well, and it's like it's like an autistic way to view the world too because people have completely lost the ability to walk and chew gum at the same time. Mm-hmm. So when when you mention that Islam is inherently, I mean, it's more of a political system than it is a religion. It's certainly a religion of conquest spread by the sword explicitly. I mean, in the Quran, it, it explains this. And then you well you know Christians used to do the same thing okay well we stopped a thousand years ago they, mm-hmm. okay <laughs> okay so like okay we can talk about that but really the Crusades that's what that's what you want yeah. like really you're talking about the year 800, 850? what like like what are we doing you know what I mean like it's not and then I, I, look I, I hope people are waking up that importing. In in Europe, you know, the tens of millions, but in the United States, millions of these Muslim refugees over the last twenty years probably wasn't a great idea. There's a pro Hamas demonstration about two miles from my house here in Northwest Ohio um, last week. Obviously, Dearborn, Michigan, is finished. Um, you know, you're seeing all this 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 hatred in in most American cities, major cities, and then you know you get the the anti war crime. Well, it's America's fault. We started all these wars. We you know we destabilized the region you know we we killed all these people we created all these refugees true i mean they, yes also there's a pro hamas demonstration 2 miles from your boy's house yeah so it's like I, I should we we shouldn't have we shouldn't have gone into iraq we shouldn't have started bombing syria and all this yeah man i'm totally with you also what do we do about this like i'm sorry i can't go back in time and make sure George Bush loses the election, and and Donald Rumsfeld and Dick Cheney never wield power. Like I'm sorry, man. I was a kid. I was in middle school. Like I couldn't vote. It's, that's not on me, bro. That's not on me. I did not vote for George Bush or Barack Obama. You know, it's like I. What what do we do about the situation in front of us? Like I understand from an idealistic standpoint. Like yes, our like we helped create all these problems. I totally agree. Also, what are we gonna do? What are we going to do about it? Just complaining about the past and offering absolutely no solutions is worthless. And quite frankly, it's a waste of time. I mean, it's, it's important to educate people and make sure that history doesn't repeat itself, of course. But, like, I can't do anything about the Bush presidency right now. I can't. It's a little above my pay grade. Okay, so it's like, what do we do about the problems at hand? And, and it's, you know, then they do the same thing with Israel. It's like, oh, it's a cycle of violence. They're going to come in. They're going to kill civilians. Those kids are going to grow up to be terrorists and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, also... Hamas just murdered fifteen hundred people. So it's like, so it's like Israel is going to go into the Gaza Strip and kill the leadership of Hamas. They they can't allow Hamas to exist. They're going to go kill them. Well, you know they helped create that. Okay, I I don't stop 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 it stop. Like be an adult. Talk about what's actually happening. Like what, what is actually happening in the real not the world that exists only in your head. What is happening in the real world on Earth? Okay, it's like people can't have an honest conversation about what is going on. Like I understand historical reasons that lead to these problems. Also, the problems exist right in front of us. What are we gonna do about it?
1: Well, also you can play that game with literally every single problem in the world. Of And also people are doing this to avoid taking responsibility and to avoid action and to avoid making a decision. If you can just blame history, then you can blame people who, as you said, aren't here anymore. And since they're not here anymore, nothing can be done but you also have a lot of again the kind of squishy conservatives who are just refusing to say what needs to be said like i'm seeing a lot of libertarians coming out and just defending uh, sorry rather condemning someone like Ron DeSantis who said if you're a foreign student like we're on a visa and you come here and you basically call for terrorism you're gone and they're saying oh but the first amendment that is, you do not have a free speech right to call for the mass extermination of a people It's just the fact that these people would defend the First Amendment falsely to the point that their own culture is destroyed, along with the First Amendment, tells you how naive and stupid and weak we are. And that's why radical Islam is teaming up with leftism to take over, because they can see how naive, stupid and weak we are.
0: Well, that argument, I saw Hannah Cox and a bunch of other people slamming Ron DeSantis for that I mean, that's just a child's view of the world. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, if you, if the government, look, okay, if I could snap, if I were king of the world for a day, I could snap my fingers and society would be structured exactly how I want. I would just eliminate the government, right? Murray Rothbard's government eliminator button. You know, how much do you hate the state? Would you press the button and eliminate all governments if you had the opportunity? I would. Do you think in my anarcho-capitalist theoretical civilization? We would allow people in who wanted to kill people? You know what I mean? Like, would we allow, like, radical Muslims in that want to exterminate the Jews? Of course not. Of course not. We would be these independent, free groups of people freely trading with each other, armed to the absolute tits. <laughs> and we would stop people that are not like-minded from participating in our society. It's like you can't... You you you're allowed to decide who comes and who goes like that's like we're not even talking about American citizens here. I, I have mm-hmm. no problem with like you to say, yeah, of course. like Yeah. If you come here, if 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 you are blessed enough to be let in to the United States from whatever crap hole country you came from and you start talking about how much you love Hamas. Yeah. You should be deported because you're allowed to decide who comes to America and who doesn't. Yep. I don't care if it makes the Statue of Liberty cry, Ian, or whatever whatever the Democrats say. I mean, it's just like you don't—I choose very carefully who I invite into my house. I, I, I choose very carefully who I associate with in my personal life, and you should absolutely do that on a societal level as well. I mean, it's just common sense. I mean, that's, that's just yeah. how life works, man. That's how life has always worked. I mean, it's such a naive, childlike view of the world to claim otherwise.
1: It also just ignores what America is about, is that America is a – they always say it's a melting pot. Yeah, but it's a melting pot beneath a single ideology of American values in that you work hard, you love the country, and you can achieve what you can't achieve anywhere else. But you can't come here, hate the country, actively work to undermine it and destroy it but also take all the advantages. That's not how this works. And it's not how it should work. We shouldn't embrace that as diversity, it's absolute insanity. And so I think it's naive, it's childish, but it's also incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Because again, you're falling for the trick of multiculturalism in that everyone's culture deserves equal respect. It simply does not. Do we respect ancient cultures that cracked people's heads open and ate their brains like jello? No. Well, multiculturalism would say so. It's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. And a lot of people that rightfully call out the U.S. government for its crimes, for its war crimes, for its propaganda, for all the evil things that the, our government has done to people across the world for hundreds of years, just, they stop, they pause, <laughs> you know what I mean, and refuse to criticize anything if it's coming from the mouths of immigrants, from Muslims, from, mm-hmm. from non-Westerners, essentially. It's crazy, man. There, there isn't, There's never been another civilization in the history of the world that hates itself like this. Yeah. Who constantly feels the need to apologize for their own existence. It's like, I just don't... A culture that does that is just not long for this world, unfortunately. It's just that it's not sustainable.
1: It's open season, and that's what we're seeing right now. It's when you're importing millions of people, you don't know what they believe, who they are, what they're going to do. I mean, it's like a perfect storm. It's It's terrifying. And what's Joe Biden doing? He's he's sunning himself on the bloody beach. It's just unbelievable what we're seeing. It's like a it's like a very dark comedy that you just cannot wake up from.
0: Watching Joe Biden, (coughs) excuse me, watching Joe Biden these last few weeks. I mean, it is obviously he has no idea what's going on. These are not his words. This is not his policies. He's a puppet the The staffers staffing the white house are are they' it's it's interesting to watch because they're trying it might their coalition only works because of Donald Trump, and once Trump's gone, it's not gonna work and it and I think we're in a real as republicans we're in for a rough decade i think I think Trump is so unpopular partially of his own doing, mostly because, you know, the anti-Trump propaganda was really effective. Um, but regardless, fair or unfair, wherever you land on that, um, he's deeply unpopular, and it makes his policies unpopular. And I think the Democrats are going to eat our lunch for the next few cycles, and it's really going to suck. <laughs> Things are going to get really expen- even more expensive than they are. Things are going to get worse. The debt is going to balloon even higher and all that. But it's like, man, you're watching Biden and his handlers try to hold together their coalition. And it's like the first Spider-Man movie where he stops the the train, you know what I mean, and he almost (laughs) drops dead. You're like, they're just not... You can't have this coalition of American minorities, blacks and Hispanics, who are overwhelmingly Christian, either Catholic or Baptist, right? Like, you know, overwhelmingly Christian. In the same coalition with Muslims who quite literally support Hamas and then all these like white liberal women who love like f- feminism and, and trans propaganda and all the gay stuff because the blacks and the Muslims hate that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Cause they're extremely intolerant of, of people like that. And so it's like they're, they're, they're going off a cliff. I wish they would go off the cliff now. So Republicans could actually win and make things a little bit better. But it is coming like they are going to run out of gas with this coalition they've built because it makes no sense. And it only works because they have they've built Trump up as like the devil. And it's easy to unite against the quote unquote devil. You know what I mean? Especially if you're a collectivist Democrat Mm -hmm. who just does exactly what the newsman on TV tells you. So like they might be able to hold it together for 2024, maybe 2026. But a, a reckoning is coming for the Democratic Party. And you're watching it in Joe Biden. He's like, we need to support Israel. We're also going to send a bunch of money to Hamas and then Ukraine. We need to fund Ukraine. We got to. The most important thing is killing Russians for some reason, and then also and also the trans. We need a trans flag at the Vatican. <laughs> and it's like, okay, it's like that is not. It only works because they're so unified against Donald Trump. Yeah. But that is the most incoherent, ridiculous coalition I've ever seen, and it is not going to last.
1: Well, the worry is who is in power when it falls apart, because there is only one group in there that will win, and it is the radical left combined with the radical Islam. It is the Ilhan Omar Rashida leaves of the world. They're the ones who are going to emerge victorious because they are the most dedicated, they are the most ruthless, uh, they're in any ways ideologically strongest. And so it, I am obviously great if the Democratic Party falls apart when they're not in power, what happens if they develop their power and cement it in place and they fall apart at the same time. Like, that's when things get real bad. What I happens think, when people like Ilan Omar are making foreign policy decisions as a whole? Like that is not going to be a good time for the world.
0: I the hope is that it never gets to that point. The hope would be that blacks and Hispanics are like enough. Yeah. Like we just can't we can't do the radical Muslim stuff, we can't do the tranny stuff. You know, just can't do it. We're too Baptist, we're too Catholic, not gonna stand for it. And just either start sitting elections out, or even, God forbid, voting for those big bad Republicans. You know what Uh I mean? I I, uh oh, but the the hope, my hope, is that that happens before the real psychopaths take power. Mm -hmm. Not that Joe Biden isn't; he is. But there's a lot worse. (laughs) There's a lot worse out there. So the hope is that the back of this ridiculous coalition is broken before. Rashida Tlaib is actually running the world? You know, hopefully. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, tr- you know, Trump's 80, man, and eats cheeseburgers every day. I hope he lives to 120, but, you know, he's not going to be around forever. His sons are not going to run for office. They're too—they're not—they just don't have the same juice that— I mean, Trump doesn't have the same juice he used to win 2016 either, but, like, that's not going to happen. It'll—like, the Trump, the MAGA thing will will go away. You know, it'll be—every— repl- Five to ten years, the movement on the right is replaced by something else. That's why, by the way, that's why the Democrats always win because they're super consistent and play the long yep. game, and we don't. But I don't know. I, th- I think it, their coalition is so ridiculous and unsustainable that I do think it has the potential to completely collapse and sink the party for ten years before the real crazies actually take power. At least I, I hope. Maybe I'm wrong. I probably shouldn't predict that because everything I predict, the opposite happens. So, you know, maybe I should keep that to myself. But I, I definitely think they're in for a world of hurt. Um, because it just it can't, it it can't work. It can't work. You know, you're seeing like a, a lot of American Jews who are Democrats, like okay,
1: <laughs> en- yeah. enough. And I think that's going to happen with blacks and Hispanics as well eventually. I certainly hope so. I also hope that the Republican Party can pull its finger out of its own ass and be even slightly competent enough to offer in any way an alternative to this. Uh, well, I know but, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's hoping for too much.
0: Speaking of, and I know we're running out of time here, but real briefly, uh, I can't bring myself to care about the Speaker of the House fight, man. I tried. I was like, man, I should really write an article about this. And I was like, I got, I just can't. I just don't, I, I can't pretend to care. And I haven't really talked about it on the podcast because I'm just I'm not good at, Lying <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not good at pretending man <laughs> i uh I just don't care I mean it's I, I my life has not changed uh, now that we don't have a speaker of the house, I will say I mean if we don't have a speaker, they can't spend our money as easily um so that's good maybe we could just make it permanent I don't know, but I don't know I mean I guess it makes dem Republicans look bad and look chaotic to your normy you know swing voters, independent voters, but it's like, man, I don't care. I don't care if it's Jim Jordan or Emmer or any of these guys. It's I don't know, man. Where
1: where are you at? Are,
0: are you enjoying the chaos at all, or uh, I mean, do you think, think this do, is actually important? I I, I don't know. I just can't somewhat bring myself there.
1: In the the role, this is the role of government, and they're just playing like children in the sandbox. Uh, I feel somewhat vindicated in that everything I said happened did happen, and that Matt Gates is a clown who used this as an opportunity to get a lot of airtime, and he's basically created chaos for no reason whatsoever. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, but my favorite candidate is going to win. It's the same nonsense that people say when Donald Trump is going to win 2024 in a landslide. What you want to happen doesn't mean it doesn't necessarily equate to what will happen. Like your view of the world is not everyone else's view of the world. It's like Jim Jordan, for example. Some people see him as insanely uh, right wing, insanely far right, extreme, blah, blah, blah. And so McCarthy barely got in. And now they're suggesting, like, Brian Donalds and other people. It's like, oh, let's just get more extreme. Let's run Donald Trump, see what happens. None of these people are going to win. And so it's just... Uh, I Byron Donalds has,
0: not... Donald has a better chance of getting pregnant than he does in becoming <laughs> Speaker of the House. <laughs> well,
1: well I... we do live in modern times, really, so <laughs> never say never.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's just not going to happen. All I, the only prediction I made when Gates ousted McCarthy, I was like, and I, you know... In all the group chats and everything, a lot of conservatives are excited. They're like, "Oh, we could get like one of our people in." I was like, "I don't know, man. I don't know. I think whoever it is is going to be worse. Whoever it is is going to be worse than, uh, than, uh, than Kevin McCarthy." I, I just don't. Because when have we? Get when? When has it ever worked? I mean, there's, there's too many swing districts. There's too many purple districts. For, mm-hmm. for these guys to vote for somebody like Donald's or Jordan. I mean, th- neither one of those guys are crazy or far right or anything. They they would essentially be the same. I, I think whoever you're going to get, I mean, it's such a, look, they have, what, a five, six-seat majority? Like, you're not getting anything right wing through. And nah. even if you do, it doesn't matter because, you know, Joe Biden's in charge and, and, and Schumer runs the Senate. So it's like, what's the point anyway? But, like, I'm like, I just don't, I don't think, I mean, if it took McCarthy 25 rounds of voting to become Speaker, I'm like, I don't know, man. I think you're gonna get a lefty. I think you get a milk mil- toast centrist. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna be Jim Jordan. Everybody's like, oh no, 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 no. You're wrong, Brady. You're an idiot. Blah blah blah. You're a you're, you're establishment. Yeah, me. Yeah, right. The now. old a- anarchist <laughs> establishment supporter. I was like, I I just I'm telling you, I think it's gonna be someone worse. And now, the betting favorite would probably be Emmer, who is much worse. Old Brady Leonard, right again. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's I, I I just don't know, man. I I I I get. That we live in the social media world people do not run for office to govern they run for office to get famous to make money to build their brand and that 's what Matt Gates was doing I understand that I don't blame he he's not the problem the problem is the system itself you know he's just a, a symptom of it um, but man I, I I I will say I I just mentioned how bad I am at predicting but my predictions on this are pretty solid <laughs> I will say I saw this one coming a mile away man
1: I think anyone who has a brain going on could, could have seen this coming because getting rid of something with no replacement is exactly what the left love to do they want to destroy things because they think it's bad but they have no answer for what's next it's ex- there's increasingly no difference between the left and the right when we look at the modern left and the maga insane right mm-hmm. uh, because it's all just about smashing what you don't like
0: yeah and it's you know and it's it's dangerous too on policy. You're seeing it from the Trump from Trump world right now, um, and it's it's fascinating too, man. Because everybody wants these they they want a Donald's or a Jordan or you know they, they want like a true right winger to to run the house. And it's like at the same time, Trump is moving to the left on every policy he has to start it. To, you know to attack Ron DeSantis and others. So it's like it's just it's so incoherent. Like, you're you're begging for a true rock-ribbed conservative as Speaker of the House, but you don't really care if Trump is betraying his own base on all these policies that matter to people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you're not standing on principle, if you don't actually have an ideology that makes sense, man, you're going to be all over the place. And not only is it just bad. I mean, it's bad for the economy. It's bad for foreign policy. It's bad in real life. But it's also terrible for, for getting people out to the polls, man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if you're if you're goal. if you're pulling the party in five different directions at once, like, how how do you sell to independents like we as Republicans have a better we're a better alternative to the Democrats? Well, it's like if Trump's doing one thing, Jim Jordan's doing another, Matt Gase is doing another. it's like, do do we like is the, is this a better alternative? You know, it's like and I, I still say, yes, please vote for Republicans. You know, let's get these Democrats out. But it's like you a, a, an independent voter could be forgiven. For thinking, I don't know, like, is is this better? Is this a better alternative?
1: Well, that comes down to the thing we almost always say is that these people don't care about winning. And that's yeah. the problem.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. You make more money by losing. Mm-hmm. And you have to do a lot less work, too. Yeah, Governing's hard. <laughs> Speaker of the yeah. House is tough, man. To be a senator, a governor, a president, it's hard. It's a lot easier to make cash online, man, and grift. Ian, my brother, I know you got to go. Um, thanks for doing this, man. We'll do it again soon. Where can everybody follow you? Uh, subscribe to your Substack. Check out your show, which is great. I highly recommend it. Give us all the plugs.
1: Yes, yeah, so you can find my show. It's called Off Limits with Ian Howarth. You can find that on YouTube. Uh, all my social media is the same. It's I G H A W O R T H. So you can find me on social media there.
0: Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. <laughs>